Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, January 29th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, this week was a real game stopper, eh? <laughs> you see what I did there, right? So, yes, I am going to get a little bit into the whole Reddit retail investor thing in this show, but I want to touch on a few other news items before I try to unravel all of that. First, I just want to quickly note that the World Gold Council released their Q4 slash end-of-the-year gold demand report. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but if you're interested in the details, I'll link to my overview on the show notes page. It's interesting to note that while global demand was down 14% on the year, investment demand was actually up 40% and it set records in 2020. ETF holdings rose to a record high of 3,751.5 tons and investor demand for physical gold was also up last year. Bar and coin demand was up a healthy 3%. Gold coin demand was by far the strongest performing element of the retail investment sector last year. It reached a record high of 297.6 tons. That's 10% above the previous high of 271 tons, which was set back in 2013. So how did we have such high investment demand for gold and still see the weakest overall demand since the Great Recession? Well, jewelry demand dropped to a record low last year, thanks, of course, to the pandemic. And jewelry fabrication makes up more than half of the annual demand for the yellow metal. I think the real takeaway looking at the demand numbers is that gold still hit a record high price and briefly traded above $2,000 an ounce despite a pretty healthy drop in demand last year. That, of course, was due to stimulus, both Fed monetary policy and all of the government borrowing and spending. And, of course, that's not about to stop. On top of that, we should see some improvement in the global economy as we move past the pandemic. So I think overall, the dynamics look pretty good for a rebound in gold demand, coupled with continued inflationary monetary policy. It's really a pretty bullish environment for gold, if you ask me. Speaking of stimulus, the Federal Reserve held its first FOMC meeting of the year. As was the case with the last couple of meetings, the Fed really didn't do anything significant. Rates are still at zero, and the central bank is still committed to buying at least $120 billion in bonds every month. The FOMC statement repeated its previous messaging, committed to keeping this extraordinary monetary policy in place until the economy makes, quote, substantial further progress toward the central bank's employment and inflation goals. And during his post-meeting press conference, Jerome Powell said it would take, quote, some time before the central bank would even begin tapering quantitative easing. In other words, the Fed played the same tune it's been playing for quite a while, but this time, the partygoers didn't dance. You see, I think the market response to this FOMC meeting was far more interesting than the meeting itself. The Dow Jones plunged 633 points. It was the biggest drop since October. The Nasdaq fell 2.61%, and the S&P 500 dropped over 2.5%. Gold was down as well. You see, the addict is no longer content with the current level of drug. He needs more drug. The market threw a tantrum because the Fed didn't signal more monetary stimulus. And Congress is still busy trying to impeach a president who is gone. And that's putting a snag in the progress of more fiscal stimulus. Now, think about this for a minute. If the status quo 
threw the markets into a tizzy. What would happen if the Fed actually signaled that it was going to taper off QE or that if it indicated it might be thinking about raising interest rates? That's why I think the whole notion that inflation is going to get hot and the Fed is going to back off the accommodative monetary policy is nonsense. To believe that, you have to believe that the Fed is willing to tank the stock market. Now, Powell talks a good game about how the Fed is above it all and that it isn't really looking at the markets, but we all know that is BS, right? We all know the Fed is concerned about the market. We know Powell is concerned about the market because we've already seen him ride in on a white horse and rescue it once. Remember back when the Fed was normalizing interest rates and balance sheet reduction was on autopilot? As soon as there were tremors in the market in the fall of 2018, we had the Powell pause. Interest rate increases were tabled. They turned off the autopilot. And within months, there were rate cuts and a pivot back to QE. So I think the market reaction to this FOMC meeting tells us a lot. It tells us that the addict has already built up significant resistance to the monetary drug. And he's going to want more soon. We know it's going to happen if he doesn't get it. And we certainly know it's going to happen if Powell, the pusher, tries to take it away. And I'm absolutely convinced we're going to get more stimulus. I know the mindset of the people in office. Biden and his fellow Democrats in Congress are going to spend money. They're going to spend lots of money. If it's not more coronavirus bailout, it will be something else. Infrastructure or Green New Deal or whatever. That means more borrowing because the federal government is broke. That means the Fed will have to monetize more debt. And I'm pretty sure at some point the $80 billion a month in treasuries that the central bank is buying now won't be enough to prop up the bond market. So this is all bullish for gold, right? This is exactly the kind of environment where you want to hold precious metals. But for whatever reasons, investors just don't seem to get it, at least not yet. Okay, speaking of investors, let's talk a little bit about this whole GameStop thing. If you're following the markets at all, you know that the price of GameStop stock skyrocketed, say that three times fast, on Wednesday. As the story goes, it was primarily driven up by retail investors on platforms like Robinhood, and it cost some of the big boys a lot of money. Some of these big hedge funds held big short positions in this stock, and when it started going up, it created what's known as a short squeeze. So what do we mean by a short position? Honestly, this is getting into the nuances of speculative investing. I'm going to confess up front, this really isn't my thing. But I'm going to try to put it in simple terms so you kind of get an idea of what's going on. Investors, including these big hedge funds, can borrow stock. They can then sell the borrowed stock, anticipating that the price is going to drop. So let's look at it this way. Let's say I borrow ABC company stock and sell it at $10. If the price drops to $7, I can buy it back, return it to its original owner, and pocket $3. But if the price rises, I still have to buy the stock back. Remember, it's not mine. So let's say the stock goes up to $15. I have to come up with an extra $5 to buy it back so I can return it to its owner. That means I'm looking at big losses. If a stock goes up sharply, it can cause what is known as a short squeeze. If there are a lot of shorts in the markets, the traders who are short are going to have to buy the stock back in order to cut their losses. 
And of course, that puts even more upward pressure on the price of the stock. So that's apparently what happened with GameStop. Social media and message boards incentivized a big push to buy, and that forced the hands of the shorts. Now you see why some of the big boys are mad as hell that a bunch of millennials on Robinhood drove up the price and cost them a bunch of money. Big boys don't like it when the little guy wins. And you can bet your bottom dollar that there's going to be a lot of fallout from all of this regulation. Who knows what? You know, Robinhood already suspended buying GameStop and uh, some other stocks that got the attention of these Reddit investors. Now, to me, this just goes to show how unhinged the markets have become. We know the stock market in general is a big, fat, ugly bubble thanks to the Fed. And we've seen how the markets have decoupled from economic and political reality. I talked about this last week when analyzing the market reaction to Joe Biden starting his presidential term. And now things have become even more unhinged. We have this phenomenon where an individual stock can soar thanks to social media talk, uh, again, with no connection to any kind of economic reality. Look, there's no reason to own GameStop. It's a brick-and-mortar store selling game cartridges. Nobody does video games like this anymore. It's a dead business model, and the company is scrambling to move its business online. Think Blockbuster about 10 years ago. So the GameStop stock valuation that we saw, this huge rise, has zero relationship to the value of the company. And at some point, I'm pretty sure the stock's going to reflect that. Somebody is going to be left holding the bag when this social media-induced bubble pops. So the interesting thing for our purposes is that the Reddit people have turned their attention to silver. They did that yesterday, and sure enough, the price of silver surged. It's at $27.47 as I'm recording the podcast. That's up 8.5% from where it was trading Wednesday morning. Now, as I said, speculative investing isn't my thing, and I will stay a million miles away from some social media bandwagon. Yes, you can make a lot of money. But if you get caught holding the bag, you can lose a lot of money, too. I'm just, I'm too risk-adverse for that kind of thing. That said, there are some good fundamental reasons to own silver. Peter Schiff tweeted yesterday making the point that silver stocks are a great buy right now at the current price. So it's not like people are overpaying for a dying company like they were with GameStop. Peter said, quote, The fact that some investors were foolish enough to short these stocks makes their trade even better, talking about silver stocks. So why silver? Well, we've been bullish on the white metal for quite a while. If you've listened to the show, you know that. First off, at its core, silver is a monetary metal. It's the same reason you should be bullish on gold. The money printing and the borrowing and the spending is going to continue. We have massive levels of inflation. This is bullish for a monetary metal. On top of that, silver has been undervalued compared to gold for quite a while. The run-up in the last 48 hours dropped the silver-gold ratio below 70 for the first time in a while, but that's still historically high, meaning silver still has some room to run higher just to catch up with where it would historically be compared to gold. Second, the supply and demand dynamics look really good for silver right now. Mine output was way down this year. Of course, that was mainly due to the pandemic, but it's been trending downward for several years, and industrial demand will likely increase in the coming years. First off, the overall global economy should improve as the pandemic fades. And even if it doesn't, silver is a huge component in the green energy sector. Think solar energy, electric cars. Demand for these things is only going to increase. Increase, if for no other reason, then government is going to subsidize them. So 
I don't really need some guy on Reddit to tell me I should buy silver. Quite frankly, I've been doing that all along. And you know, you might also want to consider buying the actual metal, especially if you're more of a long-term investor as I am. Sure, you can hop on Robinhood and buy some shares of a silver ETF, but there's a saying, if you can't hold it in your hand, you don't really own it. If you want to learn more about getting into silver, particularly physical silver, talk to a Ship Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. Call 1-888-GOLD-160 or you can shoot them an email at info at shipgold.com. Uh, these guys are great. They can tell you how physical silver can fit into your portfolio, into your investment strategy. It's much better than reading some guys on Reddit. Trust me. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're also on YouTube. You can check out links to all of that on the show notes page. We're also on MeWe now. Uh, also, there's a link on the show notes page. I appreciate you listening to the show, and I'll talk to you next time.